Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Uh, Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders, now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can reach him on Twitter at SteveKylerNBA. So, Steve, we've got a uh, kind of a weird proposal out there. 22 teams playing for seeds. Uh, can, Can you make heads or tails of this already as it just started to come out a little while ago? Yeah, this seemed like where we were headed. Um, you know, there just doesn't seem, you know, look, the one big thing in all of this is a lot of teams owe local broadcast partners games. And if they can fulfill most of them, the economic impact stays in this calendar year, not next calendar year. And that's meaningful when you think about where to start the season, probably won't be able to have fans at games. So, you know, there, there's just business that has to get taken care of. But then you also run into – do the Golden State Warriors really need this? And the Golden State Warriors are saying, no, they don't. Like, ownership is saying, we'll eat those games. We're in a good place financially. So you just started to see that not every team wanted to come back. And then when you start to do kind of the math of the plan, right, that everybody's coming to Orlando, they're going to quarantine for 14 days, then we're going to have three weeks of training camp, then we're going to play some kind of tune-up games and get back into it, kind of solve the bottom of the playoff bubble with some type of a play-in tournament, and then we want to try to play as many seven-game series as we can. And, oh, by the way, this thing has to be over sometime in October for it to make sense to start a new season in December because we still have free agency in the draft. So you just started to run out of time to do this the way they're planning. So eliminating some teams and getting down to 22 teams gave everybody that still had a shot at getting into the postseason a chance to come and play and maybe get into the postseason. Uh, we're not going to see, it doesn't look like we're going to see an East versus West format, which everybody has been asking for. So it'll be a 1 through 16, which does mean we could end up with a Laker-Clipper finals. Yes, it's possible. Um, but all of this is still kind of working its way through in terms of what will the Board of Governors ultimately agree to. It seems like the plan in place has enough support to get through, but it's one of those things in the room, somebody may throw something on the table that gets put into this we haven't heard about yet. Uh, what does this do for Milwaukee? Best case, worst case scenario? Well, one, they, their ticket's already punched in terms of they're in, like they're, they're already in. But it does change kind of some of the things, and this is going to be the big argument of this, is that some teams constructed their roster to match up well against other things, like – you know, Milwaukee certainly knew what Boston was going to be and knew what uh, you know, Philadelphia could be, Toronto could be, and you want to build your roster to make sure you get out of the East. Well, that's no longer a factor. Now you've got to go up against Western Conference teams, and there's a chance that you could see a Western Conference team that's not one of the middle-of-the-road Eastern Conference teams in the first round. And then you factor in rest, rust, all of those kind of things, that this, this amount of time off is just going to kill – momentum and rhythm so 
it's hard, but look, Milwaukee's one of the best teams in the game right now. They've got one of the best players, if not the best player in the game right now, and the coaching staff and the way that team was playing before all of this happened, they seemed like a favorite to get to the not only to the finals, but be really competitive in the finals. And I don't really know that that has changed. It's just going to be different for sure. I know that the NBA has thrown out there the end of October for Game 7, which would leave them basically, what, a month before they kind of got back to training camp and then opened up their season, uh, if indeed they still shoot for, say, that Christmas uh, type of launch if they decide to push back the 2020-21 the season. Um, is this a good thing for the – I mean, I, I look at it from a Bucks perspective. Let's say the Bucks do win uh, and, and get to the finals and or win a championship, which is great. But then to be able to come back only after a month and say then you have to go through the rigors of another season, is, is, that, is, is that in all consciousness fair? Or, you know, I mean, I guess the NBA is asking a lot of some of its players, right? Yeah, and no, it, fair, I, I think if fair isn't a factor. Like, fair is let's not have to deal with any of this. <laughs> that would right. be the beautiful thing. But, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've said this before. It's, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad all the way around. It's let's pick the least bad option. And the truth of it, though, is if you think about it, most players have had about 60 to 70 days off. Um, most players are going to be out of this thing early. So you're talking about maybe two teams, three teams, four teams. They're going to play pretty deep into all of this when you're talking about late August, early October. The rest of the league is going to be out of the discussion. So you are talking about, you know, literally the champion. And we've seen this, you know, you think about an Olympic year. You go from winning an NBA title to Olympic training camp into a prolonged Olympic run and come back and try to. And then I think that's going to be the blueprint if you think about the star players that have played in Olympics, they usually take the first month of the season off. You know, they're usually, you know, not participating in training camp. So you are going to have to have load management, things like that as you get into next year. But, you know, the idea being start training camp first week of, of December and roll out regular season games. We'll have preseason games probably in December and then, you know, regular season games on Christmas. And I think that's going to be a better schedule. I mean, it's going to be better for the fans. I think it's going to be better for viewership and sponsors and all of the things that are economic drivers. I think this new normal and the fact that the NBA is, is almost forced to do this, I think is going to benefit the league and its players in the long run, especially as they start to rebuild the, the business of basketball. The one thing I will say is, if I'm, you're right, for the business of basketball, you keep, you, you keep in the public's eye and relevant uh, for a maximum period of time. Um, when you look at it, when you if you culminate your championship in October, you have about a month off. You're going through a lot of the preliminaries, everything from bringing in your draftees to a shortened free agency period and such, and then all of a sudden you're right back at it uh, come the end of November into December. You don't have a lot of downtime, and that means the NBA would then remain relevant from whatever point this is all the way through uh, pretty much the end of June next year. So uh, business-wise, it's a tremendous thing, uh, making the best out of a bad situation for the NBA, correct? Yeah, and then the other thing, too, is just the public health part, right? We are pushing as much of next season into a world that may have a vaccine or a world that may see very, very low cases of COVID, a, of a world where maybe we can have fans back in. I mean, that becomes a lot more realistic to talk about 
in December, in January than it does in October. So, you know, if you can pump this thing out and, and kind of be center stage, you know, through the, the balance of 2020 and then really start to worry about what your business looks like when there are better answers, you know, that's great. And I think the other thing, too, is, you know, somebody who's covered this league for 22 years, I'm loving the idea of All-Star break not falling in February. I'm loving the idea that maybe the draft is done in July, that Summer League is maybe now an August thing going forward rather than a July thing. There are just all kinds of unintended benefits. I think will come from this, but I think at the same time, it's going to disrupt the rhythm of everything. And the one thing I've learned covering this league this long, NBA players are creatures of habit and rhythm. And when you up, upset the rhythm of it, you're going to get a different outcome. And I don't know that we're all ready for that when maybe LeBron doesn't look like LeBron or Giannis doesn't look like Giannis or somebody who we thought wasn't going to be a player all of a sudden becomes one because a lot of this time is going to benefit the guys that really spent it at work, you know, working on their body, working on their game, working on their craft. And not everybody in the NBA was allowed to do that. So I think we're going to see just a different, I don't think we can handicap this because I don't think we've ever or could have ever envisioned how to get through this. Talking with Steve Kyler, basketball insiders, follow him on Twitter at Steve Kyler NBA. Um, this was posed to me the other day and I, I thought I'd ask it to you. Let's just say the uh, NFL comes back and fans are in the stands and there is not the spike. There is not the the creation of this, uh, you know, panic over the pandemic that is the coronavirus. Could we possibly see the NBA then go back to full arenas in October for the finals? You know, I, I don't think anybody is going to publicly say that. But uh, again, the one thing I have heard in talking to teams is, you know, the, the mantra across the board is we're going to let the data and the science lead the way. And if the data and the scientists say it's safe to be in a building, the NBA is going to be ready for that. You know, they've already started talking about, you know, how you kind of go through public health security stuff and, and the idea of being ready for when, when we can have fans back in a building. So, you know, I know that some teams are already looking at, uh, and Las Vegas did this, you know, all the casinos have bought these sensors that get installed at the door that kind of take your temperature. And if you've got a temperature, a security guard pulls you off to the side, you know, you're not even allowed in the building. So there's just a lot of technology stuff that teams are already advancing, not only in terms of being ready to resume play this year, but being ready to do it smart when and if they're allowed. I think from a team perspective, 30% of team revenue comes from fans attending games, and the sooner they can get back to that, the better. When do you feel that the NBA, if indeed this is voted on and approved tomorrow, because I know the Board of Governors is supposed to meet tomorrow to, uh, and I think they need three-fourths of a vote on this, correct? Yeah, and I think they're going to get it. I, I think it'll be a landslide. I, I would be surprised if anybody voted against it. So when do we see teams gathering? Because we, right now we know they're working out independently and, and more so individually in a lot of the facilities, but teams would then not gather for full practices until they're in Orlando, correct? Yeah, the plan, as I understand it at this point, is that uh, players and, and teams would basically come together in Orlando and quarantine for 14 days. They'd be allowed to do kind of some of the same stuff they're doing now, but you know, really kind of just – everybody in one place for 14 days, then get into what could be two and a half-ish weeks of training camp, three weeks of a training camp model where you're going kind of two-a-days. And that looks like that could happen as soon as next week. 
like you've got to give guys time to, to do all the things you have to do in life to be ready to be away from your family and your home and all of those things for three, four months. Um, so there, there's just a, a, a human component to timing. But, you know, players have been told this is common. You know, Players Association has said be ready. So I think this will happen pretty quickly, and I think we'll see a timeline of, of everybody coming to Orlando because uh, I'm in Central Florida, and Disney's getting ready to open up the theme parks here in about two weeks. So I think they're going to be ready for the NBA before that. Do, what, what's this mean for the media, by the way? Um, are are the media going to be quarantined? And <laughs> I just, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a legitimate question if you do this for a living. Question. Yeah, yeah. I am not expecting that I'm going to be allowed into the building. I'm not expecting that we're going to have anything that looks like media availabilities and things like that. I think it's going to be broadcast partners only, which you know, all of us that are not broadcast partners hate because you know it's not fair balance journalism. But this isn't a fair balance world, is it? So. You know, I'm not going to be the one that throws a fit because I'm not going to be able to be where I would normally be. But I do expect that the pool of people that will be covering all of this is going to be very, very small. Always great to talk to you, Steve. We appreciate the time. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully we've got actual basketball to talk about the next time you and I con- uh, converse, okay? Absolutely, my friend. You guys be well. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. There you go, Steve Kyler. He is with Basketball Insiders. You can find his stuff there. You can also find him over there on Twitter at Steve Kyler NBA. Uh, he joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80 plus years they've been getting it done. Call them 844 Pride or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.